0: Hello and welcome to the Zero to Finals podcast. My name is Tom and in this episode I'm going to be talking to you about glomerular nephritis. And you can find written notes on this topic at zerotofinals.com slash glomerular nephritis or in the renal section of the second edition of the Zero to Finals medicine book. And you can find flashcards and questions to train your knowledge on this content and help you remember the information longer at members.zerotofinals.com. So let's get straight into it. Glomerulonephritis nephritis refers to inflammation of the glomeruli in the kidneys. The glomerulus is the first part of the nephron. It filters fluid out of the capillaries, out of the blood and into the renal tubule. Glomerulonephritis nephritis describes the pathology that occurs in various diseases rather than being a disease itself. Treatment is targeted at the underlying cause and often involves supportive care and immunosuppression to reduce the inflammation, for example corticosteroids. Let's talk about nephritic syndrome. Nephritis is a very generic term for inflammation in the kidneys. It's a descriptive term and not a diagnosis. Nephritic syndrome refers to a group of features that occurs with nephritis. These features are hematuria which is blood in the urine and this can be microscopic meaning not visible to the naked eye or macroscopic meaning that it's visible just by looking at it. Oliguria which is a significantly reduced urine output. Proteinuria which is protein in the urine but less than 3 grams of protein per 24 hours and a higher protein content of the urine indicates nephrotic syndrome, which we'll talk about shortly. And finally, fluid retention. So let's talk about nephrotic syndrome. Nephrotic syndrome occurs when the basement membrane of the glomerulus becomes highly permeable, resulting in significant proteinuria. Normally the basement membrane keeps proteins in the blood and stops them leaking out into the urine. With nephrotic syndrome, proteins are able to leak straight out into the urine. Nephrotic syndrome refers to a group of features without specifying the underlying cause. It involves proteinuria of more than 3 grams per 24 hours, a low serum albumin, of less than 25 grams per liter in the blood, significant peripheral edema with fluid collecting under the skin, most notably in the legs, and hypercholesterolemia or a high cholesterol. Nephrotic syndrome presents with edema. Patients might notice frothy urine due to the high protein content. All the protein leaking out of the blood and into the urine predisposes patients to thrombosis or blood clots, hypertension or a high blood pressure and high cholesterol. The most common cause of nephrotic syndrome in children is called minimal change disease. This is usually idiopathic meaning there's no identifiable cause and treated successfully with steroids. The top causes of nephrotic syndrome in adults are membranous nephropathy, and focal segmental glomerulosclerosis. Other causes of nephrotic syndrome include membranoproliferative glomerulonephritis, Schönlein purpura, or HSP, diabetes, and infection, for example HIV. A tom tip for you, minimal change disease comes up fairly frequently in exams as the most common cause of nephrotic syndrome in children. In a 2-5 to five year old with edema, proteinuria and a low albumin, the underlying cause of nephrotic syndrome is likely to be minimal change disease. Let's go through the types of glomerular nephritis. IgA nephropathy, which is also called Berger's disease, is the most common cause of primary glomerular nephritis. What causes or triggers IgA nephropathy is unclear. The typical patient is in their 20s presenting with hematuria or blood in the urine. Histology in IgA nephropathy shows IgA deposits and mesangial proliferation. The mesangial cells which are what proliferate in IgA nephropathy are found in the center of the glomerulus and they help support the capillaries as well as performing other functions. Another cause of glomerular nephritis is membranous nephropathy which involves deposits of immune complexes in the glomerular basement membrane causing thickening and malfunctioning of the membrane and proteinuria or protein in the urine. Histology shows IgG and complement deposits on the basement membrane. Membranous nephropathy is a key cause of nephrotic syndrome in adults. The majority or around 70% are idiopathic meaning there's no clear underlying cause. It can occur secondary to malignancy, systemic lupus erythematosus or medications for example non anti-inflammatory drugs or NSAIDs. Another cause of glomerular nephritis is membranoproliferative glomerular nephritis which is also called mesangiocapillary glomerular nephritis. And this typically affects patients under the age of 30 and involves immune complex deposits and mesangial proliferation. Another cause is post-streptococcal glomerular which tends to affect patients under the age of 30. This presents one to three weeks after a streptococcal infection for example tonsillitis or impetigo. Patients usually make a full recovery from post-streptococcal glomerular nephritis. Another cause is rapidly progressive glomerular nephritis, which is also called crescentric glomerular nephritis. This presents as an acute severe illness but tends to respond well to treatment and histology shows glomerular crescents. Another cause is good pasture syndrome which is also known as anti-glomerular basement membrane or anti-GBM disease. Anti-GBM antibodies or anti-glomerular basement membrane antibodies attack the glomerulus and the pulmonary basement membranes in the lungs. Good pasture syndrome causes glomerular nephritis and pulmonary hemorrhage with bleeding in the lungs. The typical presentation of good pasture syndrome is a patient in their 20s or their 60s with acute kidney failure and hemoptysis, or coughing up blood. Finally, systemic diseases that can cause glomerulonephritis include henoch schonlein purpura or HSP, vasculitis, for example microscopic polyangitis or granulomatosis with polyangitis, or lupus nephritis associated with systemic lupus erythematosus. A top tip for you, if you come across a patient in your exams with significant renal impairment and hemoptysis or coughing up blood, the top conditions to consider can be differentiated based on the antibodies. If they have anti-GBM antibodies, consider good pasture syndrome. If they have P-Anchor, or MPO antibodies, consider microscopic polyangitis. And if they have C-ANCA, also known as PR3 antibodies, consider granulomatosis with polyangitis. Finally, let's talk about management. Diagnosis of glomerulonephritis typically requires a renal biopsy for histology. A renal specialist will guide treatment, which depends on the underlying cause. It may involve supportive care, for example, hypertension management and dialysis in severe disease, and immunosuppression, for example, with steroids. So thanks for listening to this episode on glomerular nephritis. As always, a big thank you to Harry for perfectly editing the podcast. I recommend heading over to members.zerotofinals.com where you can test yourself on this content, which really helps to identify whether the information has sunk in helps you remember the information longer and points out the key facts that you need to remember for your exams. And I hope you join us for the next episode where we'll talk about renal tubular acidosis.